A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realised he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. The further you get away from a stadium, and they often quote China because of the bigness of the market and the attractiveness of the market, you know, they follow 5.4 clubs collectively, right? So now if you're a club and you're one of those five clubs that a Chinese fan is following, how do you pull them down the funnel and pull them directly into Newcastle versus having them go elsewhere, you know, with the four other choices that they have? And one way, I'm not saying the only way, but one way is to create some digital collectibles that they can keep. So it's the modern version of the poster you had on the wall in your bedroom as a kid growing up. Now the younger mobile first generation, they've got it on their phone and they've got it right there, their most prized possession. On today's podcast, I'm talking to Steve from Fantastic and we're talking all about NFTs and how they can be utilized by grassroots sports to make sure that there is greater inclusion. I have to admit, NFTs are something I'm still a bit perplexed by, but as you can tell by the conversation that happens after the interview, we're slowly one round. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, joined today by Akish and Amber, where we bring you interviews from leaders across the industry. Happy Good Friday. Is Happy Good Friday a thing? Happy Easter's a thing. Happy Good Friday feels yeah. a bit, bit clunky. Anyway, looking forward to, to Easter? Should be good, isn't it? You can meet a few people in the park. Weather seems to be fair, I think. They said it was going to snow. Me and you had this conversation yesterday. Oh, yeah, we did. Is Does it, it still uh, say that? Yeah. Uh, maybe I've just got a really dodgy weather app. But for Ooh. me, it says it's going to snow. I'm teeing off at like 10 o'clock. Yeah, it definitely doesn't say snow still. No, no, it's no. Still, it still degrees. says... No, no, it was Monday, I think you were saying. But it's six degrees. It's not going to snow if it's six. Well, not here anyway. Where's it six I, degrees, mate? I've got snow on Monday. No, so no, it come no. Monday, I'll be looking out the window. And if it snows, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll be very, very, very pleased about it. Well, actually, Could no, I this be more British? I, yeah. We've had this conversation as well before, Dave, about the weather. Uh, if it does snow, you can just eat chocolate. Correct. Well, we have already eaten a lot of chocolate, though, as well, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, you cheated. You see, I come from a religious household where Easter means something. You lot just buy cheap chocolate. Yeah, yeah. well, we love it, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the thing is, you you, you, you eat your Easter eggs as a build-up to Easter Sunday, and then you eat some more, don't you? So you, you, you're all good. You're all good. Someone's got to buy them. And me and Amber oh, just mate, choose I, to I, buy love, I love I love Easter chocolate. Absolutely, it's yeah. um, why would you not? 100%. Exactly, and they wouldn't make them that cheap if they didn't want you to buy them. Correct. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, but milk white or dark? I'm a milk and white guy, you know. Yeah, I, I'm more. 
well, it depends what brand it is, to be honest. I don't want to get all technical, but if it's Cadbury's, <laughs> it's got to be milk. And if it's Dreams, is it Dreams? Actually, I haven't heard Dreams in ages. But yeah, there's like a good white chocolate brand as well. Dreams? Dreams, yeah. that's years ago. That, that is that ages is. ago, isn't it? I don't there think is... I've ever even heard of Dreams. No, 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 you have. It was like a blue, blue and white. It was in silvery type packet. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. that oh, was... Milky Ways. No, 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 no. It, oh, it was like it was like it was like the upgrade to Milky Bar. It was oh. like the it was like the Cadbury's like chunkier version of a Milky Bar kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, decent. It was very, very good. Gosh, that's going back in it anyway. Yeah, that is that is a bit of a throwback actually. I say it like I have it like on the daily, but yeah, mm. it was a while back to be honest. I'll have to try and do some research on dreams because I'm really not sure what the hell you're on about. But there we go. <laughs> Getting tribal about chocolate, let's get tribal about football and sports and NFTs. Uh, Steve is our guest. He's the CEO of Fantastic. We'll hand over to the interview and then when we come back, we'll have some commentary on it. So today I'm joined by Steve uh, Madden-Seer. Steve, thanks for taking the time to come and talk to me today. Uh, your company, uh, Fantastic. Do you want to just very quickly explain who Fantastic are before we jump into anything else? Sure, David, absolutely my pleasure. So Fantastic is a great group of technologists, engineers, uh, commercial people, all looking to create new ways for sports fans around the world to engage with their favorite sports players, sports teams um, that form such a large part of their daily lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's fascinating, actually, the, the timing of this, because I was reading it uh, totally unrelated to technology, but I was reading a, a, a report in The Guardian yesterday about season ticket sales and football clubs. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is the usual time of year where football clubs can rely upon people, no matter how rubbish their team might be, to renew their season tickets. But of course, now... Uh, when people, you know, it's testing that 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 fan loyalty when people are stuck at home and they're and they're basically paying for a streaming code. No, you're 100 percent right, David. I mean, the the key there is is that whole match day revenue has collapsed for every football club, and you know, the the lower you go in the leagues, the more that revenue matters to the livelihood of that football club. So, you know, pre-pandemic when we started Fantastic, our whole idea was to help people understand their ecosystem and connect better with those fans so that they could deliver a little bit more than just match day opportunities. Absolutely. Now, in the last month or so, the world has gone crazy about NFTs. <laughs> and we will come on to the link to, to Fantastic because sports are beginning to turn to alternative revenue streams because fans can't get into stadiums. But what what is an NFT, first of all? Because hopefully people are aware, but if they're not, it's probably a good place to start, right? No, I, I think that's a that's a very good place to start. And, you know, I know your audience is pretty tech savvy and stuff, but let's just take a step back because you're growing and you've got new people coming on and listening to the podcast and stuff. You know, when people say non-fungible token, okay, it's not big, sophisticated words, but it's not everyday words either, you know? So what exactly does that mean? Well, the first thing you're saying is something's non-fungible. Well, what is fungible? You know, fungible, straightforward is just, you know, you got to, a bucket of wheat, you trade it for a bucket of wheat. You got a 20-pound note, you trade it for a 20-pound note. It's a kind of a like-for-like like exchange. So if it's non-fungible, what does that mean? Well, that means it's probably something like a great piece of art that can't be replicated. You know, it's unique. It's one of a kind. It's something different. So then you say, okay, so what's a non-fungible token? Token really is, a, in my mind, is a misnomer because it's really about the code, you know, the, the background, the basis to say that this is has certain provenance 
you know, it's an ownership of a valued item. I was I was got in touch by someone I've I've known for a couple of years, and he was keen to talk to me about NFTs because he was he was quite he wasn't concerned, but he was like, look, a lot of people obviously listen, and we want to make sure that we're getting the right information out there. And he had some concerns around the fact that basically it's a it's a ten pound note with with a serial number, and this is what we're kind of dealing with here. But there's there's no one uh, managing kind of centrally who has what serial numbers. Um, and that it was possible basically to take a a £10 note and create a scan of it, and then you suddenly got two of the same serial numbers and you don't know which one is legit. Um, Is that something that you think is... Is relevant? Is that being thought about by football clubs and so on when they're when they're trying to think of those moments that they can sell to fans? Well, this this is where I'll say that potentially your friend might be a little bit incorrect, because that's where the blockchain comes in and plays a great piece of work, right? Um, and you have to remember that as an example, blockchain can survive on its own. It doesn't need cryptocurrency as one example, but cryptocurrencies need the blockchain, right? And the blockchain is beautiful because it is this tamper-proof ledger, distributed ledger, so that if it was attacked from one area or somebody tried to steal something, all the other areas would kind of fix it and redirect things and wouldn't allow for that to happen. So that's one of the that's one of the things that's fueling this whole NFT market, is you know that you do have something that is unique and particular to you. And you you own that key in the same way that you so so it works in a very similar way to to bitcoin say it 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 does in one sense that you have this unique identifiable key but it doesn't in another sense that you can trade one bitcoin for one bitcoin there's a they're fungible there's a lot that are minted right so they are currency in your wallet um where in the nft world it's more about unique stuff if it's multiple, like say in our example with Fantastic Swap, we have multiple examples of um, of uh, Obamier in the in the FA Cup final from last year when Arsenal won, right? But mm-hmm. it only be a hundred of those. So your uniqueness is going to be that you have number one out of a hundred, or two out of a hundred, or five out of a hundred, or ninety nine out of a hundred, or something like that. So there are ways yeah. to distinguish it. Okay, so look, you you have this opportunity to trade something unique. Um, and going back to the example that I was mentioning before, right, you know, a piece of art, pretty unique. Um, the first ever tweet, I can see how that's that's pretty unique. Obama Yang scoring in the FA Cup final. Yeah, I can see to a particular fan that that would be interesting, but is it not just available on YouTube? I mean, the quality might be different, but is it really that that unique, that valuable? Um, good, good question. But then think about, you know, the correlation I always bring in is think about songs. You know, you can listen to them on the radio. So why do you have them, you know, on your phone as well? Because those are special songs to you. Those are songs that mean something to you. They either get your juices flowing when you're working out or it meant something to you at an earlier part of your life. And it's the same thing with curated moments from, you know, football matches. It means something to you, whether you're, you and your daughter went, or you and your son, or you and your whole family, or you and your father or something. It's something that meant something to you. And that's the cool part, is that we're really finding out through our curated moments, is that everybody has a different magical moment that they want to keep, you know, for their digital collectible. So how, how are clubs looking to leverage this? Because I, I know that there is this move from 
uh, particularly kind of Gen Z following a club to perhaps following players, and especially as we broaden out to kind of a global a global fan base uh, i suppose whereas you 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 um cal who who introduced us um yeah. from, from from your pr company for for his sins and mine we're both newcastle united fans i support newcastle united because i was born in newcastle because my yeah. primary school uh more side is is in a part of the city which is is on called arthur's hill where you can see st james's park our school yeah. playing fields you could see the football ground incredibly yeah. tribal but now the, the Premier League is this global commodity where you've got fans in the Far East, you've got fans in, in South America, and they follow players rather than clubs. So how are clubs trying to get in on the act? Well, it's, it's, a, it's actually a good setup, David, in the respect that you think about how tribal you guys are with Newcastle, right? And then the further you get away from St. James's Park, the less tribal it becomes. Because maybe in Germany, as an example, somebody likes Borussia Dortmund and Newcastle. Right. Maybe. Well, that, that's a very poor choice on their part. But <laughs> <laughs> but but when you I, I've seen the research documents of football fans around the world, the further you get away from a stadium and they often quote China because of the bigness of the market and the attractiveness of the market. You know, they follow five point four clubs collectively. Right. So now if you're a club and you're one of those five clubs that a Chinese fan is following, how do you pull them down the funnel and pull them directly into Newcastle versus having them go elsewhere, you know, with the four other choices that they have? And one way, I'm not saying the only way, but one way is to create some digital collectibles that they can keep. So it's the modern version of the poster you had on the wall in your bedroom as a kid growing up. Now the younger mobile first generation, they've got it on their phone and they've got it right there, their most prized possession. What kind of level of technology are we talking about here? Because when it comes to kind of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, you know, you need a Bitcoin wallet, you need to kind of have apps and whatever else. It's it's fairly high tech. Um, and, I, and I don't know whether or not, I mean, I know that in the developing world, actually, cryptocurrencies have far more of a foothold because people value that uh, if their local currency is devalued, the cryptocurrency won't be. So actually, there's, there's, a, there's a stronger case for them. But you still need reasonable access to technology and so on, and, and a bit of an understanding about how this all works. Is that is that the same here, or is it a little bit more inclusive and 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 it's easier for football fans to get their hands on 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 an NFT? We're definitely much more inclusive. So, and, and I'm not anti-cryptocurrencies uh, by by any statements I make here or whatever. You know, God forbid I was smart enough if I would have put all of my money into crypto. Bitcoin a couple of years ago, we'd be having a different conversation today. <laughs> but the reality is my, my business partner, Simon Willard, and I had a, some long discussions and with both fans and, you know, read consumer reports around the world. And the kind of the mass adoption of a crypto wallet is a little bit complex. It's getting better every single day, but it's a little bit still too complex for people. So we decided to leave the crypto part out initially and just go straight for the blockchain part so we could prove the provenance that we needed to prove and, and the authenticity and stuff like that. So mm. fans with Fantastic Swap, you know, they're on the app store. They can do one click and they're in the NFT market, right? And that's in a, you know, you've got to think in the context of Apple last year, you know, the last report I saw said they did 61 billion of digital content on, the, on their own app store last year. That's the mm. environment we're working in right now. It's the secondary market that's driving these um, 
enormous figures, headline-grabbing figures that you see all around the world, whether that's for artwork or music or, uh, you know, sports stars or whatever. That's the stuff that you're seeing. And most of that is paid by cryptocurrencies. And most of that, if you go and use Wallet Explorer or something like that, you'll quickly uncover that those people were people that made a bet on Bitcoin or Litecoin or anything else like that, you know, several years ago. And they've got, a, they're, they're Bitcoin rich, essentially. They're crypto mm. rich, but cash poor. So they're looking to spend elsewhere. Now, you've mentioned the product Fantastic Swap. Swap to me brings to mind the idea of kind of panini stickers and 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 those kind of sticker books that I I had. You know, I remember going to the playground at school when I was a when I was a kid, and you'd have three glittery Crystal Palace badges, and you desperately wanted the Man U badge or whatever else, and you'd try and complete your collection. Is there a similar dynamic here, or is it far more, you know, mo- as as you said before, kind of a moment that means something particular? And, and you really want that moment as opposed to collecting a set. No, it's a, it's a very similar concept in, in the respect that we thought, you know, the joy and the pleasure, just you repeating that story, David, you know, that you had on your own school ground. You know, how could we make this mobile first generation have that same enjoyable moment, recognizing they've all had phones in their hands at a quite an early age? And so our people, they trade with somebody in Tokyo and somebody in Toronto versus just somebody in their own playground. And that's the uniqueness and the coolness that they find. And they also like that kind of networking effect that grows with, you know, doing that, that they build up, you know, people that trade with them and know that they are building up a collection, say, I don't care, of all the cards that end in the number seven or all the Arsenal women's team or whatever, that people start to help people build their collections and curate their collections of the things that they recognize that they're often trading for. So, look, out of interest, I would imagine that the, the big clubs are, are looking at this. I'd, you know, they've obviously got the resources to to put into it. So your likes of the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas and the Man Uniteds and the clubs that have, have really built up commercial operations, probably someone like Tottenham Hotspur over the last few years. But you also talked about the fact that it's actually the smaller clubs, the further down the pyramid you go, the more that the fans being out of the stadium is hurting them. Are they being able to get in on the act with regards to digital assets and the ability for, for people to trade commodities? Yeah, in fact, that's one of the areas where we have one of our key R&D teams pushing quite hard on because of you know the pandemic and what's devastated these clubs and, and their traditional revenue sources is to say, how can they A, give you know fans even increased satisfaction, but B, help the club back with revenue? And if you just you know take a smaller club with 5,000 fans, and if they had... People just buy, you know, 200 pounds worth of digital collectibles, of course, across 12 months. There's an extra million pounds to their kitty straight away, you know, that they would have. And I'm not saying it's going to change the world, but it's certainly going to help a smaller club. And they can build from there and go from there until they can allow fans back into the stadium to do different things. And from a fan perspective, you know, they used to be in the stands with their phone and take a lot of pictures themselves and and be part and parcel of that. And they want to now be part and parcel of that. So they like these curated moments, these kind of, you know, really unique insights. And especially the biggest surprise for us has been how people have taken off on things that they like to see on the practice pitches. So they'll Mm -hmm. see, you know, player A practicing his penalty kick or her penalty kick. And then we shift to some, you know, match footage that we have rights to. And boom, 
they deliver the same thing. And they think that's kind of really unique when they're really into it and stuff. Is this providing an opportunity? I suppose this is a wider conversation about, uh, or a wider question rather about uh, technology and sport, not just the NFT and, and the swap angle, but is there an opportunity for sports where there were fewer spectators in grounds to get more attention and to level up? You know, if you think about women's football, um, the World Cup in, I think it was 2018, wasn't it? I, I watched all of the England matches uh, yeah, in, in yeah, the tournament really in France good. and it was it was great. Um, and, and I really got into it. And I think a lot of people who previously wouldn't have watched women's football found it found it fascinating and really got behind the national team. But unfortunately, there was still a lot of empty seats in the stadium. So how, how are those sports, I suppose, how are those grassroots and developmental sports getting on board to try and grow their reach? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. And, you know, you also raise a pain point. So you remember that famous match in the World Cup when England played the U.S. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to live in this country for almost uh, 30 years, but my roots are in the U.S. So mm-hmm. I'm rushing home from the airport after spending a business day in Germany. Um, and it's the first and only speeding ticket I ever received in England um, <laughs> because I didn't want to miss kickoff of that match. Uh, so I was there in time, fortunately, but uh, it was costly to get there in time. But what I really like about any technology, whether it's swap, whether it's AR, VR, you know, whether it's haptics, it is the great leveler in playing field. Because like one of the interesting things that we found on Swap when we started, you know, we were the first ones ever to put women's digital collectibles out there, is it grew countrywide to 25 countries, to 50 countries, to 75 countries, to 100 countries, faster than the men's digital collectibles grew. And I think that's because the women fans are starving for something like this. That's why the new, you know, they just announced this past week, the new television contract with Sky and BBC for the next couple of seasons for women's professional league here i think that's going to be huge that's going to vault it into the next level and i think technology as an overall thing can help and be the next leveler for smaller clubs and for also the women's sport because they can utilize it just as effectively and where the men's side might be stuck on what i'll call old school conversations about minimum guarantees and do i have this right and that right you see that, you know, with people that are more open-minded, they jump into it and they make it work for them and can get well out ahead. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, it's been fascinating to talk to you, Steve. Um, it's it's exciting and it's really positive to hear that grassroots sports and, and sports that haven't been getting the attention uh, can can find a way to make sure that, that, that they get in on the act. But the, the, only, the only sadness on my part is that Mike Ashley, well, it doesn't really fall into the area, area or sorry, area of, of bigger mugs, does it? So <laughs> I can't see Newcastle utilizing it. New, Newcastle can come around because just think about, you know, where you live versus, you know, your proximity to St. Yeah, Newcastle can come around if we get a new owner, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> it, it'll happen. Uh, keep, keep praying. But it's been fascinating to talk to you. Thank you for explaining a little bit about Fantastic and Swap and NFTs and uh, good luck um, making sure that fans do connect with their clubs and, and sport more generally. No, my pleasure to talk to the tech group. Um, and, and, you know, really, people don't have to be afraid of tech. They can just dive in any app store, go to Fantastic Swap, download eight packs for free and you're away. You're in the NFT market straight away. Commentary is entirely the right word. Commentary. Commentators. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's all a bit random, isn't Andy it? Andy Smith and Martin Tyler, it's live. Sorry, you can take that out. <laughs> I'm glad, Amber, that you've joined us today because me and Akish left to our own devices talking about this. It could go completely in the wrong direction and not on technology. Let's yeah. start with NFTs. Let's start with non-fungible tokens. Where are we starting? What are they? Well, do you want? Do you, do you understand? Do you understand them? Listening after listening to that, uh, kind of. But the, basically, the way I understand it is, you, they can't be traded or, or, or what? What I got from it was, you can't, you can't like buy an NFT and then you can just sell it, right? You like you can with Bitcoin, right? So you buy at a certain price and then you you accumulate and then you can just sell it if you wanted to. Because yeah, you can, uh, you can uh, trade them, but they oh, you are can trade them. they are digital assets and they're not. It's 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 you it's a unique digital asset. Yeah, so it's something that has basically been tailored to what you would want, right? Rather than it just being a uniform thing. Is yeah. That right? So so yeah. so um, you, but you, like like uh, if a banknote has a serial number, it is non fungible because you can tell that it is that specific banknote. Yeah. But if you've got lots of coins, you can give one one pound coin in place of another therefore it is fungible so yeah. non-fungible it is it is that particular thing okay which i still which i i kind of understand now i get that i still don't really understand the desire to have a non-fungible version of a particular goal i do understand entirely what steve's saying i'm yeah. just still kind of like a little bit kind of that that bit, I'm like, is that is that something that is a collectible? What, what obviously, about, obviously what about it's sporting moments, it though, Dave? Because because and, and this is the thing, right? Because I was on their website. Yeah, it's yeah. not just going to be the camera angle, is it? It's as if you were, and, and I might be, I might be reading the product completely wrong here. But it's not it's not the camera angle that you would watch on a Sky Sports or a BT Sport. It's as if you were actually in the crowd, right? It, it's some sort of like augmented reality type thing. Yeah. Is that correct? That's the right. way I read it. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, so that's the way I was saying. So that moment, right? For some people, that can be massive. Like, if you're a badger in sports. So, for example, right? I'm a, I'm a massive cricket badger. I don't know if any of the listeners know what cricket is, but anyway. But Ben Stokes, Headingley, right? Like the last hour. If if I could have that on my phone and just kind of watch it on loop you know, as if I was in that ground or the last, whole last hour on loop. Well, last hour is probably the, 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 the good climax. So, all right. Let's say, let's say the last 15, 20 minutes. Right. But if I could watch that, mate, I'd, I'd buy it, you know? Yeah. But then um, do you, how much would you pay for that? Well, yeah, this is it. Right. <laughs> Cause like, cause I can also watch it the whole hour on YouTube for free. I get that. Like, like we had a conversation about this the other day, didn't we, Dave? And I, I now completely like get what it is, and I kind of get the, I suppose the purpose of it. But I just, I think it works better for certain things than for others. Like for this, obviously, with like sporting events that you can get up on YouTube, does that not take away its value because you can go and access it online, like just just for free? Obviously, like if you've got yeah. a really great moment in like sport or um, like cricket, as you said, like there's a, a one section that you just want to watch and you can like easily, you know, access it on, on YouTube mm. or whatever. Yeah. You don't Does need it? a non-fungible token for that. Yeah, That's the I thing do, that I don't really get. I do get the whole collectible thing. I do get the whole, 
I, I totally understand that perhaps um, signatures, you know, especially in COVID, it's impossible to get close to anyone now because of, of fears of, of safety, etc. So the idea that you could have a, like a, a digital signature of your favorite player, or maybe even um, you've seen that there's that website uh, that loads of people are making lots of money on now where they do uh, bespoke video messages. For oh, people. Cameo. Yeah. Cameo. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get Kate maybe something for like, like that. Quid or something like that. Yeah. But then again, maybe you don't need maybe you don't need an NFT for it. But I could I could see stuff like that where it's yeah. where it's different, where it's not freely available. Yeah, because that's like that's something that is unique, isn't it? And that's what I thought the whole concept of this was, is that yeah. it is something unique, whereas an original tweet, a piece yeah, of art. Exactly. There's like it's one of a kind almost. Whereas with this and you've got the exact same clip that everyone else has got, mm. that everyone on YouTube has also got. It's like, is that making it like as unique as maybe you thought it would be then like i don't know it doesn't really does it it's kind of it's kind of like a and i don't know if i'm dissing so i really apologize to the company but it's kind of like a sports only fans isn't it really (laughs) (laughs) oh my god is that is that bad and i i'm i'm so sorry yeah if i've 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 kind of offended anyone because that's not my intention but really it's like you know so anyone at fantastic uh <laughs> but like it is though isn't it because you can get like custom bespoke content on an nft no you're, then... you're obviously far, far more familiar with only fans really know what it is because <laughs> there was there was that guy on linkedin um i can't remember what his name is but he he kind of put on linkedin because it's april fools we're recording what today yeah um you yeah. <clears throat> put on a thing saying yeah yeah yeah, i'm going to be joining only fans and all this sort of stuff and everyone you know kind of lost their shit on on linkedin but and then he turned around and was like oh it's, it's a joke like, it's april fools um but yeah that was it really that, that's that's why i kind of just googled only fans i'm not on there yeah. maybe maybe we're spoiled <laughs> <laughs> moving on yeah. maybe we're spoiled Right, I, I, I kind of wonder whether the analogy, sorry, not the analogy, just the, the uh, example that Steve gives where he talks about Chinese fans who follow maybe five clubs and then mm. a club has an opportunity to take them down a funnel and get them to really identify with one over the other. I can I can get that. And I can get that maybe if you are on the other side of the planet and you've never been to a Premier League match, mm. um, having something that feels a little bit more in the moment than YouTube would mean a lot more. And because I have been to a lot of football matches, I kind of go, you know, I can go when, when the pandemic's over, I can go watch Newcastle again. You wouldn't want to keep any of those moments. It's like stabbing yourself in the eye, but you know, I think maybe our proximity to the particular example that we're talking about here means that we're a little bit spoiled. Mm, I think so. Maybe, maybe we're just a bit, tunnel visioned as well thinking oh well you know we've got youtube we've got access there are a lot of countries in the world as well where youtube is actually banned yeah um you know that are obviously run by regimes or leaders or whatever um yeah so for people like those it might actually be decent because you know they're, they're on like a a platform they can access things and and you know so so maybe maybe that market is 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 for this product right and then mm. might not be a solely uk based product but i do think that there will be certain sentimental kind of moments that you know people would just maybe want to have and and yeah and steve uh, makes that point and and, and i think I, th- I think maybe the price wise like amber said earlier uh, you know if it's just a, a kind of 
<coughs> a smaller affordable price, then maybe you can just build up that wallet, right? Um, and have it. Like, if you look at football, you know, Sergio Aguero from Man City is retiring at the end of the season. And I bet you all Man City fans, if they were offered some sort of a free thing, right, or, or some sort of thing, they would happily have that goal he scored against QPR to win him a title after years. Um, you know, that kind of famous Aguero moment. So things like that, I think, will, will stay. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I've not really thought of it like that, to be fair, Dave, because like you say, we we can say this quite freely because we have access to like YouTube and stuff. But you've actually just reminded me when I was in um, when I was in like Malaysia, um, the, the, the my friend that I was with was wearing a Liverpool shirt, and um, like the, the, one of the people there was just like obsessed like with the fact that like obviously he was wearing a Liverpool shirt and like he was a massive fan. But I mean, it had never obviously like been to a game probably. You know, I don't know if they could sort of watch it on YouTube or what, but as you say, for for people who don't have that kind of access like we do, it's probably a massive thing, isn't it? Like football's such like an emotive sport, and people are so sort of passionate about it that if you can have this kind of content and you can, um, you know, have NFTs, you can watch it from like you know, as as Akish said, like a, a different angle, or you can actually feel like you're there. It's kind of like a whole experience, isn't it? Mm. It's like an immersive experience that you're putting yourself as if you are in that stadium watching that game where you know you might not ever have the experience to do that so yeah i hadn't really sort of looked at it from that angle actually yeah, yeah. Cool. and, and the build-up of vr and stuff as well right like all these yeah. headsets and you know things and 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 all the the kind of wearable technology side of it if if you paired the two up then i mean yeah you so- could feel feel like you're in a stadium when you're sat in your living room to me though it is it is like I could I can see how it would be kind of cool at a lower end of the market, like way cheaper NFTs for like collectibles, like Panini mm. stickers. Like you two are, are too too young, but Pogs. When I was at school, everyone had Pogs. They were they were these little round discs that you collected, and yeah. it was it was like football stickers. Really weird though. But kids, we all we all collected them, and you had yeah. like different coloured ones, and you try you you know you buy the packets at the newsagents. And there would be like five in a pack, and obviously most of them you'd already have. And then you'd you'd go into school, and you'd be like, right, well, I've got three of these red ones. Do you want to trade three of these red ones for one yellow one? Because you know, or whatever else. Mm. And and kids in the playground would trade them like that. I can kind of get it from that point of view because we are we do love collectibles. We do love creating a collection. Yeah, I just don't get it from the from the goal point of view, and that's just me probably being privileged and a bit and a bit of a an idiot about it um i do love the angle that it can perhaps create revenue streams for smaller clubs and for emerging sports and women's sports and stuff like that yeah 100 mm-hmm. and and i think i think this is where they'll tap into fan base so if you look at smaller clubs um you know look look what happened when the broadcasters put pay-per-view on earlier on mm-hmm. in the pandemic right if 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 the club said look you know this is something that we're looking to do. This is who we're partnered up with. They would go out of their way and, and actually kind of buy, but even if it's at that kind of lower end um, to help support the, the their local football club. And I think Newcastle did that maybe earlier when I think a load of people kind of, instead of paying the 15 quid to watch the games, they paid, the local food banks and that sort of thing. No, no, um, Newcastle didn't do that. The club didn't do that. Oh, the club didn't do that. The, the, fans, the supporters did. The supporters did. The supporters, okay, cool. Yeah, Don't so attribute that, that to Mike Ashley. <laughs> no, all right. Um, but yeah, so so in terms of supporters and stuff, they could actually really get behind this idea. And for those non-league, smaller clubs, 
you know, have a very hardcore, dedicated fan base, predominantly UK, this could be something to to kind of get a movie. But also sports like boxing, right? Like the smaller fighters or the, or the fighters which aren't your Anthony Joshua's of the world, um, they need to generate revenues. You know, they've been massively hit because effectively they they are their own company and they work for themselves. And mm. the pandemic has meant obviously you know close contact sports were shut off for a long time, that sort of thing. But you know, those fans uh, of a specific boxer or that sort of area, you know, you could you could be ringside and and watch you know the, their kind of last two knockouts or five knockouts or whatever. And that money could then support the training camp or their brand for for kind of you know future future endeavors. So yeah, there's a lot of sports and stuff, I guess. But I, I think when we think about sports, we always think about the the top, you know, kind of. And we definitely don't want another vehicle for the rich clubs to get richer. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. We need a, a level playing field. But yeah, there, there's a lot of sports that would I think would benefit from this massively. Um, yeah, massively. And I think also what you said about. Um, you know, like like uh, like female football and stuff like that. I know, obviously, we're going back to to football again, and obviously, as you just said, there's other sports that will definitely benefit from it. But you know, if it can sort of shine a light in an area where and give sort of more exposure, like it's only a good thing, right? Because mm. um, I, I, you know, I think I said to you this to you before as well, Dave. I used to be like a a massive tomboy. I used to play football like every week. I was obsessed with it, and. It, it just doesn't get the same sort of, you know, representation. It doesn't get the same sort of exposure that, um, that you know, male football does. So if it can kind of shine a light, then I think it's only a good thing. Mm. Um, and also going back to what you said about those, like the swaps things, I think that's so, so cool. Like I would actually, I mean, I don't know how much they are, but I would actually be so interested in something like that. I think it's, I think it's, um, do you know what it reminds me of? You know, when, um, like, obviously I, I never used to play it or, or like, follow it but you're like you know when pokemon go came out and you used to see all the people like wandering around the streets now for me it just reminds me of that because it's something that people used to sort of do in their childhood and it's kind of like coming back and it's like just adults being big kids again and i love it i I had pokemon blue and red i I, I wasn't into like pokemon i wasn't sort of i I I used to have the um, cards yeah i used to have like uh, the the like oh, no, I had the cards and the wallet and stuff and like yeah. just take it into school but yeah oh man it, there, there, there were that. fights that broke out in my school in the playground <laughs> over Pokemon cards and Charizard and whatever you know the other person was there, there were fights happening over Pokemon cards and then yeah and then they got banned no you weren't allowed to bring them into school but obviously you know there was still the dodgy Mental. dealings under the tables under your uniform um, <laughs> shows yeah. that we love collecting stuff right there yeah. we go there's definitely a market for it yeah mm-hmm. absolutely Definitely a market for it. Right. Well, look, happy Easter, Akish. Um, you too. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, mm-hmm. We won't be back at the beginning of next week. We'll have a, a week's break given the uh, long weekend. Uh, but happy Easter to everyone listening and uh, speak next week. Um-